Hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 18 of the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your boy, Theo Lim, and currently I'm sitting in my car just outside of the gym. I've got um, I've got some clients in about an hour and a half, so I figured I'd bang out this podcast. It's currently Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. This is usually when I record it and then I release it Wednesday evening or Thursday morning. I just finished some training, pretty short session, very enjoyable. Um, I know a couple, maybe a couple months ago, I wasn't feeling the training too much. Like I wasn't super into it. I still did it, but that desire that burning desire to be like, yeah, I'm going to go lift. That wasn't there. But over the last couple of weeks, it's kind of, re- it's kind of returned. The passion is there. The desire to lift heavy is there again. Um, I think it's just a natural, for me at least, it's just like a natural ebb and flow of being super into lifting heavy and then kind of backing off and then just waiting for that desire to come back. I try not to force it too much. And I also don't completely stop training. I still do it. It's just not as big of a deal as it is now again. As in, as big of a deal as in, there's like a certain mindset approaching the training. It's like, oh shit, I have to train. I don't really want to. Let me try to think of some excuses that will get me out of training versus, oh, hell yeah, I'm training today. I can't wait to train. Like I'm going to hit X lift for X amount of reps. Can't wait. So it's just a different mindset. And over my lifting career, I think there have been times where I've been super into it and times when I have not been into it at all. And I think this is just going to keep going for the rest of my life which is okay. So I've got a couple things I want to talk about. I just put out an Instagram post about warming up and why I think it's really important. I mean, everyone knows why it's important in terms of preventing injury, increasing blood flow, lubricating the joints, blah, blah, blah. Everyone knows that. Everyone already knows that. But I think a really big part of warming up that I've, I adopted very early in my own journey is like, it's your opportunity. It's the 10 minute opportunity to check in with your body that day and feel how it's feeling because day to day, we don't, we don't feel the same. Um, ideally we're fresh all the time and like our hips are great all the time, but that's just not the case. I usually, it's, it's mostly a product of like our, the nature of our daily lives now, right? As in we're sitting a lot. Um, right now I'm sitting, I kind of wish I was walking or standing, but I wanted to get this recorded on the camera as well. So we're sitting a lot. Um, our shoulders are kind of 
most of the time they're rolled forward, whether we're driving or we're on the computer or we're on our cell phones. So our hips and our upper back, our T-spine, our thoracic spine really takes a beating. So we're not always fresh and most of the time we are on the tighter end rather than loose and ready to go. So I really think that 10 minute warm up, five to 10 minute warm up is really important, not just for all of the physical benefits, which are all very important, but also for the mental and psychological benefits of just knowing how your body feels that day. So because you might need to make changes in your own training because of how you're feeling that day. Or you might have to add some things or take away some things. Again, it's just building that awareness. Um, and for me, the way I usually explain it is like, generally we're doing the same warm-ups all the time. As in, I generally have a good warm-up routine that I like to do. Of course, it's going to differ a bit depending on what you're doing that day. But most of the time you are doing like similar movements or at least you're aiming for the same results. As in, you're generally gonna be, if you're doing lower body, ankles are important and hips are very important. And always, whether you're doing upper body or lower body, the T-spine, the thoracic spine, upper back, mid back, that's very important as well. So, through the process of doing a similar warm-up every time you're in the gym, you're gonna know if things kind of feel good that day or maybe things don't feel good that day. So for example, today I was doing an upper body workout um, and over the last couple days, I kind of know, I kind of noticed like my left shoulder, my left lat, my left, that whole left side was like a little, a little jacked up. Um, so I was already kind of aware of that coming into the day and then I started warming up and I was like, yeah, this really doesn't feel good today. That shoulder, that, that lat, that whole upper back area on the left side was really feeling off. So instead of jumping right into my main lift, um, after doing my general warm up, I did some smaller movements first. So I did some rear delt work. I did rear delt flies, 20 reps, very lightweight. Um, I did lateral raises and I did um, overhead kettlebell walks just to kind of like get blood in that area um, and just warm it up, see if it would start to feel better. So I did three sets of that circuit, took maybe an extra five minutes. I mean, my workouts aren't that long anyway these days. So it took me about five minutes to do that. Then I got under the bar for the overhead press. And it still wasn't feeling that great. So I kind of cut the reps for my main set. Cut the reps. It's like you're really not going to lose anything by not doing it on that day. So just stay healthy. Save it for another day. So I did that. And then I did some back work. And I added in some sledgehammer strikes on the tire. Because it would help me... Um, get some rotation, just get some movement in that shoulder rotator cuff area. So again, it's just building that awareness of, okay, this kind of feels bad today. Let's not push it so much. 
We're still gonna do it, but let's not kill ourselves or let's not risk any type of injury. Basically, let's not make it worse today. So, and then there's the inverse where you might feel it, you might be feeling great that day. And it's like, well, I only had this plan today, but I feel really good. Let's push it a little bit more. You know what I mean? So it's just building that awareness of your body, um, knowing how you feel and knowing what to do about it or what not to do. Because I saw a question on a, on a message board that I frequent and someone was asking like, how do you keep your spine healthy as you age? And I really thought about it and I replied with a very simple answer. Have a strong body, as in have a strong back, have a strong core, and have strong legs. So have a strong body. Work your body. Make sure you move it. Stay active. So be strong. Stay active. And the last one, be aware of how the body feels. Because no one else is going to have that awareness for you. And it's like we're living in this machine that is our body, right? And we're going to be in it for the next, depending on how old you are, for a couple more decades at least, right? Really for me, the main motivation behind this is that I don't have um, health benefits. As in, I don't have insurance money to go, do, to go get a massage or to, get, to go get physio done or anything like that. So I know, and this is something I try to push for other people, even if they do have benefits. It's just like you have to take matters into your own hands. And in this day and age, there, the information is out there. And it's out there for us to utilize. So like there is literally no reason not to take matters into our own hands so personally I don't have any insurance that's why I'm really big on these things um, I'm not against getting a massage or going to get like um, chiropractic treatment or going to see a physiotherapist just to maintain the body I think that's really great I think it's important um, but it's only going to help you if you're helping yourself outside of that time because they're those professionals are in the same position as trainers are in as in we train people say two to three hours max per week there's another hundred and sixty odd hours for them to either fuck it all up or do the exercises that are prescribed so that they can get better faster. So although personal trainers and physiotherapists and massage therapists can help you and they will help you, at the end of the day, you have to help yourself. So that's why I'm really big on the whole being aware of your own body. Like that's, for me, that's really important. And... Moving into, I had a question, someone was asking me, like, how do you know you had a good workout? 
And because right now there's all these like fitness watches that show you how many calories you've burned, um, what your heart rate is, how many steps you've taken, which is all great. I'm again, I'm not against it. I think as I grow as a coach and as a person, it's very hard to objectively be against something because everything has its own use. Everything has its time and place. They're all just tools in the toolbox. So I have a couple of clients who like, sometimes they'll look at their watch at the end of the workout and be like, oh, I only, get, I only burned 200 calories today. Oh, that must mean like I suck or your trainer sucks or like I didn't do enough today. And like calories is an okay, no, it's not a good way to judge like your overall workout. It's a good way to track your like cardiovascular workouts. But in terms of strength training, strength training work in general, it's not really a good way to judge it. Just the same as um, going to a group class. So one of the gyms I work at, it's a group training facility. And we do like some conditioning classes there. And a lot of the times people will judge like the workout on how much they sweat which is okay, but at the same time, it's like, it's not the best judge of the workout. Like, just because the, the saying is like, any, any idiot can make another idiot tired. Um, and that's very true. So the amount you sweat and the amount of calories you burn is not really a good judge of how good your workout was. Which then leads you to ask, well, what is a judge? What is a good judge of um, whether or not you had a good workout? I think there are a couple ways to judge it. First of all, did you learn anything, or did you get better at anything? As in, maybe you're videotaping your technique, or maybe you're working on your technique, and. Although you didn't get a great sweat, maybe you learned a lot about how to execute a certain lift. Or maybe in terms of like, did you get better from the workout? Well, did you feel like maybe you felt like giving up last time while you're doing something today? Did you feel like giving up or maybe you still felt like giving up, but you still did it anyway. And then you felt good about that. So I think it's more like instead of um, objectively judging your training sessions, whether it's like good and bad by like the hard statistics, obviously it's a good workout if you hit all your lifts that you had planned, right? Like say you had five sets of five at this weight planned and you hit it. Okay, yeah, I guess that's a good workout. Um, so there are a lot of ways to judge whether you had a good session or not. I think some of them, I think there are definitely bad ways to judge your workout. So again, total amount of calories you burned or how much you sweat, like how drenched was your t-shirt. I don't know, maybe the room was just hot or maybe where there were like 40 people in the room compared to 10 people. So that's really not a good judge of whether you got better or not, whether you learned something. Um, 
I think a good way to look at it, I like, I like, I forget, I don't know who said it. I can't think of who said it, but it's like every session you have, just try to be 1% better than the person you were when you walked into the gym. Just try to be 1% better. Whether you like tweak something in your form or whether you changed your mindset about something, it's like just try to be a little better today. Like it's, it's going to be very hard to make massive progress in one day. So just day by day, just keep going at it. And I wanted to touch on one last thing. So I get a lot, of course, I get a lot of questions regarding food, regarding training, regarding cardio. But the number one thing that I ask people when they bring up these things like, oh, regarding fat loss or even muscle gain, right? It's, just, it's all the same. The number one thing is, how is your sleep? And how are your stress levels? And how good are you at managing your stress levels? Um, there was a Stan Efferding, if, you're, if you guys know him, in his PDF I read recently, it was like, you're an idiot if you take creatine but only sleep five hours a night and you're trying to get bigger. So for him, he had a whole PDF. Um, if anyone wants it, one of my good friends um, shared it with me. It's the vertical diet. I think it's the vertical diet and his like training program in addition to that. But anyway, it's a really good read, really short and really good read. For his first chapter was literally about sleep. He said, sleep is the number one thing. If you don't have this first aspect down and you do everything else right, you might make some progress, but not nearly as much as if you had your sleep down. So sleep is really important. Um, and stress, because that, that directly correlates, right? Um, so I had a couple of clients who are struggling with their fat loss or on their journey of fat loss. And they're kind of asking me about like certain nutritional things or whether one type of cardio was better than the other. And then I through like asking them a bit about their personal life, how they slept, um, how like work is going or how business is going. I discovered that like their stress levels are fucking high. Um, so from my point of view, it's like, don't even worry about how your cardio is or how your nutrition is right now. I mean, still be on top of it, obviously. But that shouldn't be your priority. Your priority should be learning how to develop and get better with your sleep, your sleep hygiene. So learning how to shut your brain down when it comes like close to bedtime. Um, just like learning how to relax, right? Learning how to manage that stress. So it's just... It's just funny how this is often overlooked as a because it's not as sexy as 
HIIT training or being on a keto diet or fasting. Like all those things are so much sexier than why don't you just sleep one or two more hours per night and see how that feels because that will probably help you a lot. So I think a lot a lot of um, a lot of times sleep and stress management are overlooked. I think those are very important things. Um, it's just crazy how like we put so much time and effort into our training. We put so much time and effort into our nutrition and our cardiovascular work, but so little attention is given to how well are you sleeping? Um, what are the factors that are preventing you from sleeping well? And then how much stress are you currently dealing with? Whether that's your training stress, your stress around your diet, your stress around your work, and then finally, maybe the most important, your stress around your relationships, whether that's your significant other, your parents, um, your immediate family, your friends. Like, how is the stress level, how are the stress levels surrounding those areas of your life? And then how can you improve that versus simply maybe I need to do more cardio or maybe I need to eat less or maybe I need to eat a certain way. So for you guys listening, I'd say, and if you're really deep into the uh, health and fitness game, which you probably are if you're listening, so your friends probably ask you questions about eating and your friends probably ask you questions about training and what kind of cardio you're doing or what gym you're going to. Be nice. Answer the questions like to the best of your ability, but dig a, le- dig a little deeper on them. Inquire about their sleeping schedule. Like how much sleep are they getting on average per night? What time do they usually sleep and what time do they usually wake up? Um, ask them, how are your stress levels? How's your work life? How's your um, work life balance? So for you guys out there, I think what I'm learning and trying to put into use is more of like, um, it's not always about the training. It's not always about the diet. Most of the time, it's just about life in general. How are you dealing with life's stressors? So again, I'm going to keep it at a, it's going to be a pretty short episode here. Main takeaways, warming up is not just excellent for the physical benefits. Try to look at it from a mental and psychological aspect as well. Build that awareness of your body because no one else is going to build it for you. And if we're to live in this machine for another couple decades, we really need to take care of ourselves. And most of you probably want to continue training for the rest of your life. So why wouldn't you take care of yourself? That's the main takeaway, guys. As always, I really appreciate you for listening, for checking into this podcast for subscribing, 
for rating this five stars on iTunes. It helps a lot, guys. It really does. And let's just end it with a short loving-kindness meditation. So again, just think of two people in your head. Anyone. Your friends, your enemies, your family. Anyone. And just wish happiness for them. You can do it in your head. Do it silently. I just wished happiness for these people walking on the sidewalk. And as always, it feels fucking great. If you haven't tried that yet, give that a shot. So, thank you again. Thank you for listening to episode number 18 of the Building Strength Podcast. Until next week. Peace.